You know, let me just uh, let me just pray before we uh, dig in together. Lord God, we we thank you for Jesus uh, and the name that is above all other names, um, and for the power of that in our lives. God, regardless of whether we have been on this journey for a long time, whether we're just exploring uh, and and don't know Jesus, God, we we just ask that tonight you would reveal yourself, and that we would see more of you. Be with us now, Amen. So it is my pleasure to be here tonight. Uh, as Kev said, we, um, yeah, we've gone back a little bit. We actually like almost overlapped or overlapped for a couple of weeks when he was in White Rock and we've just moved out there. Um, and you guys are longtime friends of my wife's brother, uh, John and Jordan, uh, which is cool. So it's fun to, fun to be here and to be able to get to know you guys a bit more. Um, and tonight I am really excited to talk about something that I'm really passionate about, which is music. And why we sing together as a church. Um, as I understand it, you guys are in a series called It's Always Five O'Clock Somewhere. Um, you know, r- reminding ourselves of the kingdom of God and how it's, how it's breaking in, how it's like a party, um, and, and how it points us back to God's mission. Um, and, I, and I think music is a, a fitting part of that. I, I don't know about you, but the best parties I have been to have always had music of some kind. Um, and, and I want to talk a little bit about what what it is that, that music is, why we do it as a church, and why we should continue doing it. Um, it's been a part of the church from the beginning. If we read through our Bibles, if we read in the Old Testament, we see, we see songs everywhere. We see pictures of, of the people of God singing, and, and we're told in the New Testament over and over to, to sing. In fact, one, one of the books of the Bible, the book of Psalms, is a collection of songs. Um, so church has always been a group of people that has sung. So it, it's really normal if you've grown up in the church, singing together is a normal thing. If you haven't grown up in the church, singing together is really weird. Right? Like, think about it. Where do you even sing anymore? Where do we sing anymore as a culture? I think there's three spots. One is a sporting event. Right? You know, there's occasional songs you do, little short ones. Two is a karaoke bar. And most of the people I know avoid those. Uh, and, and the third would be, if you think you can be the next American Idol, you will try out for anything, and your singing, good or bad, will be publicly televised. Um, thankfully, we don't do that as a church. Um, but I, I, think, I think it's really important still. Um, while, while as a society we used to gather around the piano, it was kind of the center place of families, um, in the evening they would, they would you know, sing around a piano instead of binge watch at the glow of the flat screen. Um, and, and that's something that's changed. And, and I've heard a number of people suggest, you know, maybe, maybe the church should kind of follow the cultural trend and we should just ditch this music thing. It's weird. It, it makes people feel awkward. And I say, you're right, it is weird, and it makes people feel awkward, and we should not do it. Um, the church has kept singing. And I think it's because it's really important to our faith. It's important, and, and, and it's something that allows us to grow, and it is a gift from God. Singing is a gift from God. In the same way that the church is a gift from God. He's given us one another. He's told us to gather together weekly, to partake in things like communion. He's also given us singing. The psalmists, uh, the, the psalms and the psalmists, those who wrote the psalms, often tell people to sing joyfully or to sing a new song. So I, I think there's a biblical mandate here to continue singing together. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. 
Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. In Acts, we see all these passages where people are filled with the Spirit. And, and ironically, it's sometimes confused for being filled with the spirits. Right? People think the early church is often drunk. That's kind of the response. Um, and maybe you've walked into a church where you think, maybe these people are drunk too. Um, we'll get there. But, but from the beginning, the church is passionately engaged with singing. And it has caused those around them to stop and to take notice, to ask questions. Singing is a gift, and it is so crucial to our faith in Jesus. There's a story uh, from the book of Acts, chapter 16. Um, Paul and Silas are in Philippi, and they're meeting together with other believers, and everything was going fine, and then they get thrown in jail. And we see them thrown in jail here, and, and they're up late, and it's, you know, they're in this Roman jail. They're, they've got guards out front. It's not a good scene. And what are they doing at midnight? They're not sitting there reciting lines. They're not sleeping. They're singing together. It's, it's this strange picture we get. I mean, I don't know about you, but, but my first reaction when something go, is going wrong isn't necessarily to sing. And I am paid to sing. Like, this is what I do for a living. So I, this is an amazing picture to me. Um, these guys are, are there, and they're singing. They're singing for what is, I'm, I'm sure for them, familiar truth, things that they know. And, and I think as we unpack this passage, we'll, we'll see kind of what, what kind of power singing can have in our lives. Um, I would, a lot of people in the church talk about worship and singing as, as kind of the same thing. And, and I would define worship out of Romans as offering our lives as a living sacrifice towards God. And I think singing is a vital part of that. But I think singing is important because it helps us continue to embody worship in the rest of our lives. So I want to pause here. I'm going to do this a couple times during the sermon. And I'm, I'm actually going to pause and we're going to sing together if that's okay. A little bit different, I know. Um, we're going to sing a song that I, I suspect most of you know pretty well. It's Amazing Grace. So um, I'm going to grab the guitar and we will sing it together. You don't mind. Oh, there we go. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now am found, was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How pray. are gone I've been 
set free my god my savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending First verse again, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind. So singing is not um, just a gift in and of itself. I, th I think singing can also help us remember. I don't know about you, but I have a number of songs in my life that are kind of triggers for places or people or things. There's a, there's a song called Entertaining Angels by the Newsboys, if you grew up listening to Christian music in the 90s, um, that every time I hear it, I'm transported to my bedroom in Portland, Oregon, when I was 11 years old, and we were packing up to move back to Canada. I can't, like, I can't help it. Um, and there's other songs that, that bring up emotions. There's other songs that remind me of people or places or things. And, and I think it's really important that music works this way. 
I, I think music can also help us remember, I mean, it's not just tied to those things, but it can it say something really significant that we have a hard time remembering or, or telling to ourselves in other ways, and music speaks to us in this way. When Paul and Silas were in prison, they'd, they thought they had lost everything. They had no idea what was coming next, and, and I, we don't know what they sang, but almost without a doubt, they were singing about the promises of our God and the way that he will take care of us, of them. Singing helps us memorize things. There, there are probably all kinds of songs that you know that you don't think you know, right? Juicy fruit is gonna move you, right? Like, do you even know what juicy fruit is? Do you care, right? No, probably not. But this is I mean, part of the reason why advertising uses music so often is it sticks with us. It sticks with our, our hearts and our emotions. Can you tell me the 13th letter of the alphabet without singing the ABCs? Right? Like you immediately, ABC, right? No, it's, this is how, it's a great tool for memorizing stuff. I've got, we've got two kids, uh, Clara is eight and Asher is six, and, you know, even helping them remember stuff. We, we give them music. It's this wonderful tool, and all the psychologists and the people who, who know teaching would say the same thing. It's, it's a really great tool to help us learn and to know things. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Music can help us remember really important things about who God is and what he's done. That's one of the reasons why I, I care about the songs that we sing in church. I think they really help shape us. The truths that we proclaim together shape our understanding of who God is, what he's doing in the world around us, and how he's at work in our lives today. Sometimes we sing songs about the promises of God or about who God is that may not feel true. And I think this is actually an important thing that we do. There's, a, there's an old hymn called All to Jesus I Surrender. And it's a great song, All, All to Jesus I Surrender. But the truth is that's not, like, that's not entirely true. Just because I'm singing that doesn't mean doesn't make it true. Um, and, and we come across this in songs sometimes that we sing in churches. I think it's really good and really important that we still engage in these things. Um, songs can express longings of our hearts, things that we want to become, realities that we want to live into, that, that sometimes just words by themselves lack. Um, an, another example of the ways that, that songs help us remember is, is a song, Blessed Be Your Name, uh, a song that I've led many times on a Sunday morning, uh, as well as a number of times at funerals. I've, I've led this song at, at a funeral of a 16-year-old girl who was in our youth group who played keyboards on my worship team, who got a brain tumor. I led this so song at the funeral of um, friends of ours from our church uh, with three kids, uh, and the mom of these three kids died three days after giving birth to their third kid. Tragic, terrible circumstances. And the families came, and they said, we want to sing this song. Not because we feel like it's true right now, but because we know it is true, and we want to live into that. And songs help us remember these things. They, they lead us, and they guide us down this road.
God is good even when we don't fully understand it. So we can say and sing together, blessed be your name. So we're going to sing just a little bit of that song right now, just to remind ourselves of this truth. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. And blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place and walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Sing the bridge together. You give and take. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Music as a gift helps us to remember. I think that's a really kind of functional use of music. And I think that's one of the reasons that God created us to love music and to engage with it. I think the second thing is that, that singing music connects us to our faith and our emotions. When, when Paul and Silas were in prison, there was no indication that they were happy or joyful and, and I think they might have been quite confused with what's going on. I think singing together might have been a way to help them calm themselves and to remind themselves of these bigger truths. And, and I think music serves a role like that in all of our lives. We have songs we turn to. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason that the, the angsty teenager, the kind of model angsty teenager, has a certain kind of music they listen to. 
right? Music pulls things out in us. It affects us deeply. Some in the church are kind of hesitant when it comes to emotions, and I get that. Emotions aren't something that should control us, and we can't make all of our decisions based on emotions. But, but we are people who are holistic. We're together, which means that we're hearts, we're minds, we're emotions, we're wills. And I think worship needs to flow out of our lives in all of these areas. Worship can't be something that's based only on empirical truth. It also can't be something that's based only on emotional reaction. And I think music helps us tie a bunch of these things together. N neurologists have looked at people as they've sung and noted how many connections are made in the brain. Um, there's this amazing thing that happens. It's, our brains literally light up when we engage with music because it's touching, you know, both sides of the brain and pulling together all kinds of things and, and pulling out our memories and going into our memories. It's this amazing thing that touches us. I think even in the Old Testament, we get this little example of how um, the emotions of music are a helpful thing and part of God's purpose. There's this kind of obscure story in 2 Kings um, where we've got Elisha, one of the prophets, being asked for a word from God by the kings of Israel, of Judah, and of Edom. You've got these three kings together who want to know what's going on. They're quite anxious. They want to figure out what's going on. So Elisha comes in. He's getting ready to ask God for this word so he can relay it to these kings. And then he says, bring me a harpist. Right? Like, what do you, we, we just need a word from God. And he all of a sudden needs someone to come and play the harp. Music here is, is serving as a way to calm people down and to allow people to hear God speak. I, I think parts of our culture have led us to believe that expressing emotion is maybe more feminine than masculine. I think this is especially hard for us as men. Um, and, and I think sometimes what we see as emotion expressed can scare us away from actually engaging. But I think part of the gift of music is that it does touch us. I'm not saying we need to cry every time we come to church, certainly. Um, but I think the emotions of joy and of sorrow are often, both of those are often best processed and best, ex best expressed through music. I think sometimes music can and should stretch us outside of our comfort zones as it will help us to know God and to lean into live lives of worship. It should reflect the broadest range of our emotions. I think music also connects us with our bodies, right? We're not disembodied minds or emotions. We're, we're whole people who have minds and emotions. And I'll let you in on a little secret that I alluded to earlier. We as Canadians, and particularly as Southern Ontarians, are internationally renowned for being physically reserved. I don't know if you knew this. It's, as an audience, especially when it comes to music, we're like, we're known for not reacting. We kind of stand there and look like this. On more than one occasion, I have had people, so I've, I've gone and I've played somewhere, whether it's at a church or, or doing a concert, and I look out and I think, is everyone sleeping? Like, what's going on here? But then someone will come up to me afterwards and say very awkwardly, 
hey, Dave, I just wanted to thank you. That was the most moving and meaningful experience of my life. Have a good day. And they'll run away. And it's hilarious, right? So obviously I'm not saying that you need to be really out there to, to experience things or to have God working in you. But I think music allows us to connect with our bodies. I don't know if you've ever gone to see a gospel choir. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. They do an amazing job. I mean, even go Google one on YouTube. Uh, though seeing them in person is a different experience. They do an amazing job of, of tying this music and this emotion into, into their bodies. They sway back and forth. They move. And there's something about music that compels us. It sticks with us in this way. I think as, you know, as we reflect on, on the ways that music allow us to embody these truths, it's good to remember, and I mean this as no slight at all to Kevin or anyone else who preaches regularly, but let's, I mean, pause for a minute. How many songs do you have memorized, even if you don't know it? And how many sermon points from the last six months can you tell me? <laughs> right? So, so music sticks with us, and it allows us to process things. And music often comes to us in these moments where we need it most. As we gather as a church, my hope and prayer for, for the church that I serve at and for you and for I mean, every other church is that we can bring all the fullness of our experiences, the joy, the frustration, feeling overwhelmed or confused, the, the longings, the victories, and allow music to connect these emotions to God's truths. I pray that we will continue to be a church that, that leans in and, and that passionately sings. I think singing passionately helps us to draw into what God is calling us to. It helps us to, to pull out of ourselves and to know Him more. We're going to sing part of a song next that um, has connected deeply with my emotions lately. Um, so, so as Kevin said, I did my undergrad in Saskatchewan at a place called Briarcrest, did a degree in music and theology, uh, and then went to a place called Regent College and did a master's in arts and theology um, and loved it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of well Bible educated, know a lot of these truths, know all the right answers. And sometimes for me, it takes a song to make those truths go from head knowledge to heart knowledge, something that actually sticks with me. And a song in this past season that, that has stuck with me is a song called O Come to the Altar. Um, it's a reminder of the gospel truth that, that I am a sinner and that I need God, but God welcomes me and he welcomes all of us. And this is something I would have known before, I would have told people before, but this song has helped me embody it and live into these truths in a, in a profound new way. So we're going to sing this together.
Music is a gift to us because it helps connect with our, our memories. It helps connect us with, with our emotions. And I think music helps us connect with one another. We now have the technology um, to be in our own spaces listening to our own music all the time. And we hear more music in, in this day and age than any generation before us. Has ever. It's, it's everywhere. It's in the mall. It's in our cars. It's in our phones. It's everywhere we go. Um, and I, I don't know about this church, but I know that many churches, people have slightly different opinions when it comes to music. Right? Like music is a thing of taste. So some people want it loud. Some people want it quiet. Some people want to sing hymns. Some people don't want to sing hymns. Right? There's, there's all kinds of things. So why bother? Why do we not just have worship time in a church where we give everyone an iPod, some headphones, send them off into a corner, right? Like, why is it that we sing together, even when it's things we don't like? Uh, and I think it's because it connects us to one another. 
It's an important part of who we are, a gift, and a command for our benefit as disciples of Christ. I've heard it, what we do when we sing together being compared to a dog sled team. So there's someone out front leading, and there's a bunch of people behind following. And sometimes the people behind want to be there, and sometimes they don't. But the truth is, when you're harnessed to a dog sled team, you're going to go somewhere. Right? Even if you don't want to, it's, it's going to happen. And I actually think there's, there's something really good about this image. I, I think it's really interesting that when you walk into a room of people all doing the same thing, it's, you feel compelled to join in. And I think that's part of what it is to, to be the church and to sing together. We're all pulling in the same direction when we sing. We, we also encourage one another. When we sing together and when we know each other, we know each other's stories. And the truths that we sing resonate off of the stories that we know. Right? I don't know all of you all that well. But I know in our church, when I get up to lead worship, I see people singing and, and I hear the truths that they sing resound off of their lives. I hear people who, who sing God is good in the midst of great suffering or hardship. I know the circumstances that make up their lives and it is encouraging to me. It tells me more about the truths we're singing to see others singing them. It points to our witness as a community. I think that it is really good to be able to sing truths together even when they're difficult. My prayer is that I can sing these truths for people in the times when they're hard to sing and that they will sing them back over me in the times that are hard to sing for me. I think songs and singing together also connects us together in, in another really unique and good way. They help us become less selfish. Because we've got this ability to listen to whatever we want whenever we want it, it can be harder to do that, but really good. I have a friend uh, named Nick who uh, is, is one of our worship leaders now at Compass Point. Nick grew up outside of the church. Uh, he grew up listening to punk music, like loud punk music, um, in, in a non-Christian home. And just loved, you know, loud, aggressive music. And then he got into viola. So went to university to stutter, study classic, classical viola, right? So, like, you've got punk music, and you've got, like, intricate, beautiful, old classical music. And then he got to know some people who told him about Jesus, and he started to come to church. And his first reaction to church is, what the heck is with this music? What is going on here? It, it neither has the, like, energy of the, the punk music nor the, like, beauty and complexity of the classical music. Why, why should I do this? I'm a better musician than this. And I think his reaction actually reflects all of our experiences to some extent. If you've never come to church and thought, what is with this music? Just wait. The day is coming. You'll walk in someday and think, this is way too loud, or these songs are too new, I don't like them. It's, it's coming for all of us, I promise you. Um, but 
But when we sing together, when we as a church gather and, and put words on a screen and lift our voices with instruments, it calls us out of ourselves and it calls us out of our preferences. It shows us that, that this thing that we do, this life that we live together isn't about me, it's about us. It's about what God has called us to as a community and how he's moving. I think singing and music is one of these great ways in which we can lay down our preferences for others. And it's funny being a, a worship leader, I often have people come and talk to me and say, oh, you know, I didn't really like that. Or, you know, th and they, they talk to me in a way that assumes that I like everything that I'm doing. And it's really fun to be able to break those preconceptions for them. Um, I, I even tell our worship teams, John has told me, heard me say this, you know, if, if you are sick of a song, if you're tired of it, if you think it's old, perfect. It probably means the people sitting in church on Sunday morning are just getting into it. We're going to keep singing it. Because that's what serves people best. So I think singing calls us to this and is a reminder as we reflect on these truths that touch our memories and inform our future and, and pre ideas of who God is as as these songs touch our emotions, they, they also call us outside of ourselves to serve one another. Singing is a wonderful gift from God, and my prayer for you is that you will continue as a church to engage in it. That you will continue to bring all of your past, all of your now, and that you will allow it to shape your future. You will allow God to speak these truths into your life, to memorize them, to be able to pull on them when you need in those moments, and that it will shape you into disciples of him. We're going we're gonna to wrap up now by singing, um, singing a song that I wrote. Um, one, one of the things I love doing is, is writing, and it's helped me to wrestle through who God is and how he's working. Uh, and this is a, a simple song called Spirit Speak, which talks about how we need to be open to God's moving in our lives through his spirit. So it's, it's pretty easy. Um, pick it up and sing along with me when you, when you get a chance.
done. Spirit, speak. Spirit, Spirit. 